You guys having a great time here? I mean, it's amazing what MBBI, New Brunswick Bible Institute, is doing for you because they love you. They love God and they love you and they want to make sure that you learn about God but have a great time doing it. You know, you can grow up. Some of us really don't grow up too well. But, I mean, you can grow up and come to this actual school like the leaders that are helping you, the students. You can be one of those students and learn more about God and His Word when you come here and then go out and serve God. What a privilege. What an awesome opportunity. So I plant that seed in your mind right now that when you grow up, you could come to this school and serve God here. Would that not be cool? That'd be awesome. So now... This morning, we were talking about how there is someone that can carry us from there to there. Someone who can get us into heaven. Someone who paid the price for our sins, our mistakes. And that somebody is Jesus. And there was a number of you this morning who put your hands up. And I know that we already, uh, one of the gentlemen here, prayed to accept Christ as Savior. And it's like, the Bible says that when he became a Christian this morning... God partied in heaven. Yeah, you see, the Bible says that there was celebration in the presence of the angels when one sinner repents. And some people think, oh, well, the angels had a party. And I'm not saying the angels didn't party, but the Bible says that there was celebration in the presence of the angels. So whoever it is that's in front of the angels, and the angels are there all the time hovering, you know what? It's God that celebrates. God celebrated this morning when you became a Christian. You know, now sometimes... Some boys and girls, they say to me, it's like, well, I prayed that prayer uh, this morning, but I prayed it last year, and I played it last month, and I prayed it two years ago, and, and I keep praying it because I want to make sure that I'm a Christian. Well, you know what? The Bible says, Jesus himself says, that when we become a Christian, we are placed in his hand, and he holds on to us. And Jesus said, nobody will ever take you out of my hand, Jesus said. So if Jesus says something, is it true? Jesus is God. He is all-powerful. And he says that when you become a Christian, nobody will ever take you away from me. If you prayed to accept Christ as Savior and you mean it, you are saved. And God never, ever, ever leaves you. He's always with you. In fact, I've got to show you something that's really cool, and I'm going to need some kind of help with this. So just hold on for a second. You've got to be like a doctor and have patience. I'm going to be reading a couple of verses from my favorite book. What's my favorite book? The Bible. Yeah. How did you guys know that? Yeah, my favorite book is the Bible, and the Bible is whose word? Yeah, and can God lie? No. no, so if God can't lie and the Bible is his word, then the Bible must be... Yeah, now let me read you a couple of verses from this. This is amazing. First of all, let's see. I'll tell you what we'll do. I want someone who's going to represent me and you and us as Christians. All right? Someone, would you do that? Come on up. And your name is? Oh, Catherine, what a gorgeous, what a royal name. Catherine, if you could have a seat right there, all right? So Catherine is going to represent us as Christians. Now, let me read you a couple of verses here. This is amazing. The Bible says in Psalm 16, verse 8, oh, by the way, I just want to mention this, because I usually do when I'm talking with kids, and I kind of, I'm as sharp as a marble this week, and I forgot. This is my Bible. It's also called an iPod, right? If you have an iPod, 
an iPad, an iPhone, an Android phone, a BlackBerry, you can get free Bibles to download. You version. You go home. If you have any of those, or if your parents have an iPod, iPhone, iPad, uh, Android phone, a BlackBerry, you tell them, download you version. Y-O-U version. Free Bible. I always have it with me. Wherever I go, I have my Bible with me. So, Psalm 16 verse 8 says, I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. The Bible says that God is always at our right hand. So someone's going to help me. Who's going to help me here? I need some. Okay, you come on up. Yeah, come on up. All right. And I want you to stand right here on Catherine's right hand, and you're going to represent God. And God is like a strong fortress, and you're like, hmm, right? You are his, her protector. So on the right side, squeeze right in, right? Yeah, so it's like, right? Yeah, all right? So the Bible says that God is always on our right, okay? But it doesn't end here. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 10, it says, If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Now, this is a little bit of a logic puzzle. If the Bible says that God's right hand is holding us fast, then God must be on our left side. So, come on up, yeah, come on up, yeah, come on up, quickly, quickly, quickly. What do you think this is, a chapel? Come on, here we go. All right, and you're going to stand right here, and you're like, you're God, right? You're going to represent, right? yeah, oh yeah. The Bible says that God's always on our, right, and on our, okay, I'll help you with the big words, ladies and gentlemen. This is the right, this is the left, you got to, God's always on our, and our, but it doesn't end there. Yeah. Here's what the Bible says. Listen to this. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 5, you hem me, or you, you stand both behind me and before me. The Bible says that God is always behind us. Right over here, yeah, come on up. You know what you're going to do, right? Yeah, right? Stand right behind. Oh, exactly! Yeah, the Bible says that God is always on our... Our, it doesn't end there. Boys and girls, the Bible says in Psalm 59 verse 10, my God in whom I can rely, God will always go before me. My God is always in front of me. Yeah, come on up. I'm going to get you to kind of sit here in front so we can still see Catherine. And just, exactly. You know what, boys and girls? Oh, I blew an ear. Hold on, hold on. Alrighty. Catherine, are you feeling protected? Yeah, exactly. And that's what we as Christians, we should feel protected because the Bible says that God's always on our... It doesn't end there. Yeah, no, seriously, I know it's just crazy talk, but listen, it's the Bible's telling us, so it must be true. So here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Psalm 18, verse 16, that God reached down from on high and he took a hold of me. The Bible says that God is always over us. I need someone who is tall. Oh, thing one, come on up. Thing, I love the thing one and thing two t-shirts, eh? I preach whole messages on Dr. Seuss, and I got to order those shirts for me and my wife. So here's what you got to do. God is always over us. So I want you to kind of hover over her, all right? Can you do that? Yeah. yeah. So the Bible says that God is always on our 
yeah, yeah, Dad, do you feel really protected? Yeah, Catherine, it doesn't end there. I know. Listen, listen, here's what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible says in verse Deuteronomy, chap- Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27, the eternal God is your refuge and underneath are his everlasting arms. God is always underneath us. I need someone who is small. Someone who is small. Can you do it? Come on up. You know what I'm going to get you to do, don't you? Do you know where you're going to go? Can you do it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen, boys and girls, the Bible says that God is always on our Catherine, do you think anyone could get at you and hurt you? No No way. Boys and girls, it doesn't end there. I know. Listen, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says in Psalm 32, verse 10, many are the troubles of the wicked, but God's unfailing love constantly surrounds those who trust in him. Can you come help me? Yeah. Come on up. Here's what I want you to do. You stand here and watch for a second. You just slide back just a little. Yeah? You have to do this. Right? Because the Bible says that God's love is constantly surrounding us. So, boys and girls, moms and dads, nieces and nephews, the Bible says that God is always on our... It doesn't end there. Yeah. I know. Listen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, don't you know that you yourselves as Christians are God's temple and that God's Holy Spirit lives within you? I can't get someone to come up and do that. But the Bible tells us, no, seriously, the Bible tells us that God is on our right hand our left hand, behind us, in front of us, above us, below us, constantly surrounding us. And if we are Christians, God lives within us. Can we feel protected? Catherine, do you feel protected? Yeah, let's give these guys a hand. All right. Thank you very much. Go have a seat. Let me read you one of the most amazing verses as a Christian. Boys and girls, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, listen to this, I will never leave you. I will never forget about you. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forget about you. Boys and girls, if you pray to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Will God ever leave you? Will God ever forget about you? You know, a few weeks ago, I was speaking at a summer camp, and I did this illustration. And the kids learned that God is on our right and our left, in front of us, behind us, above us, below us, constantly surrounding us. And a couple of days after the camp, I get a call from one of the moms of a boy who's eight years old. How many people here are eight years old? 
And she said that they went home after camp, and it came bedtime, and her little fella said to her, he said, you know what, Mom? I've always been scared to go upstairs and go to bed alone because I was scared to be alone in my room. But he says, I'm not scared anymore because I learned this week that God is on my right, my left, in front, behind, above, below, always around me. And he said, if God is there, I'm not scared to be alone in my room at night anymore. And she never even knew that he was scared to go to bed alone. She never knew it as a mom. Boys and girls, God never leaves you. As a Christian, he's always there with you. You can... hope that wasn't the Holy Spirit leaving, was it? (laughs) Just joking. (laughs) So here's the scoop. You can be bold. You can serve the Lord. It's like these students come to New Brunswick Bible Institute. They're boldly coming here to learn about God and to go out and serve Him because they know that God goes with them. Boys and girls, God wants to use you in an amazing way. As we finish up... I want to do one more story for you, and I gotta, I'm going to bring out a balloon. I'm going to use a balloon to kind of illustrate this story. As we finish, I want to tell you a story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And this is a story of a man by the name of Jonah. And we've been singing about him during the rainbow song, right? Yeah, I do. So first of all, I have to make Jonah. Okay, so let's make Jonah. Okay, so there's Jonah. Jonah was just a little fellow. Bible, genealogically speaking, he was a second cousin twice removed to Zacchaeus. Just a wee little fellow. So one day Jonah was walking downtown Jerusalem, just minding his own business. You know, just whistling some Jewish song. I can't even whistle very good, but he was just whistling along, and all of a sudden he hears Jonah, and he stops. And he turns around, and he looks. And he doesn't see anybody, so he thinks, huh, must have been that donair I had late last night. So he keeps walking along, just minding his own business. All of a sudden he hears Jonah, and he stops again. And he turns around, and he's looking. He still doesn't see anybody, but this time he says, hey, who's calling my name? Boys and girls, who's calling Jonah's name? Yeah, it's God. It's the Lord. And, and God says, Jonah, it's me. It's the Lord. And Jonah goes, oh, uh, sorry, Lord. What is it you want me to do for you? Because boys and girls, when God calls us, he always has something he wants us to do for him. Not because he's a mean, nasty God who's a dictator and who wants to say, do this, do that. God has a plan for your life. He knows what's best for you. And he wants you to do something because he knows it's the best life you could ever have. So God said to Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go over there to the people in the city of Nineveh and tell them about me. Tell them that they've been bad and broken my rules. But the people in the city of Nineveh are enemies with Jonah's people. They're mean and nasty people. And if they would catch their enemies, they would cut off their ears, cut off their nose, cut off their lips. And that's the nicest stuff I could tell you that they would do to people. I mean, they did some really mean stuff to people. But if God told Jonah to go over there to the people in the city of Nineveh, where should Jonah go? 
Can God protect Jonah over the people in the city? Or will God leave them all by himself? We just learned that God is on our right, left, and front, behind, above, below, always around us. So God told Jonah to go. Jonah should go to the people in the city of Nineveh. The Bible says that Jonah got up and he went over there in the opposite direction. Jonah's going to run away from God. Boys and girls, can we run away from God? No way. Every time we run away from him, we run right into him because God is everywhere. As a Christian, no matter where you go, you take God with you because he's always with you. Well, Jonah, he was going to run away from God. The Bible says that he went down and he got into a boat and he's going to go out to sea and he's going to try to hide from God on a boat. Can we hide from God? No way, that's just crazy talk. Well, the Bible says that God sent something to get Jonah's attention. What did God send? Yeah, a huge storm. I mean, it was so nasty, wild, stormy out in the Mediterranean that the men who lived and worked on the boats their whole lives said it was the worst storm ever, and they were like getting seasick. It was really bad. They were doing everything they could to try to save the ship. And Jonah says, I know what caused the storm. I am trying to run away from God. I said no to God. God sent this storm to get my attention. If you want the storm to stop, you've got to pick me up and throw me overboard. Well, that's just crazy talk. It is the worst storm that the Mediterranean Sea had ever seen. It is just wild out there. And the men said, we can't pick you up and throw you overboard. So they did everything they could. They threw everything else overboard to try to lighten the ship. But the Bible says that the ship was sinking deeper and deeper. And they finally said, okay, we'll do what you said. The Bible tells us that they picked Jonah up and they threw him over the side of the ship. And Jonah went, get in there, Jonah. Jonah went into the water. And Jonah is sinking deeper and deeper and deeper. And Jonah can't swim. Jonah's going to drown. Boys and girls, did God want Jonah to drown? No way. God has a special plan for Jonah. So the Bible says that God sent a great big fish to come and swallow Jonah up. And there is Jonah swallowed up and in the belly of the whale. Boys and girls, we have to pause here for a second. Because we want to tell you part of the story that you don't often hear when you hear this story in Sunday school or at church. This is one chunky monkey of a fish. I mean, it was a huge fish because it, it didn't bite him up in small pieces. Oh, I'll take the left leg. Oh, I'll take the right leg. Oh, I'll take a forearm. Oh, yeah, I'll take the head. And, and piece by piece. No, he slurped them down all in one piece. Slurped them just like you might do a noodle. I mean, it would have to be one huge fish to swallow Jonah up whole. And what, are, what do big fish normally eat? Little fish. And what are little fish made up of? Guts. No, it's the truth. Cut open a little fish and what's in the middle of it? Fish guts. Boys and girls, Jonah is in the belly of the fish with fish guts, slimy fish guts all over the place, and the fish is swimming up and down, and he's slipping and sliding on fish guts and the old sticky stomach juices of the whale. And you know what? The Bible says he was covered from head to toe in seaweed. So seaweed, stomach juices of the whale, fish guts, and to make matters worse, there was no electric lights in fish back in those days, so it was pitch black darkness. Can you imagine for three days being in the pitch black darkness, covered with fish guts, stomach juices, seaweed, slipping and sliding up and down? How fun would that be? The smell. 
the disgusting smell and the feel, and you wouldn't even have a porthole to look out of. Boys and girls, why is Jonah in the belly of the whale? Why? Well, because he wouldn't drown, but what got him there? You know what got him there, boys and girls? He said no to God. Boys and girls, I'll tell you right now. Listen very carefully. Leaders, MBBI students, parents, me, we all need to hear this next thing. Every time we say no to God, we get our lives in a mess. Every time we say no to God, we get our lives in a mess. Oh, we may not end up in the belly of a whale, but I'll tell you right now, the Bible is clear that when we say no to God, because God knows what's best for our lives, He tells us to do stuff, and it's the best thing for us to do because He knows everything. He knows what's best. So if He says something and we say no, we're going to get our lives in a mess every time. Well, the Bible says that after three days, I mean, Jonah was very stubborn. The Bible's very clear on that. After three days, Jonah said, oh, Lord, please forgive me. Now, me, it probably would have taken three seconds. Oh, this place stinks. Oh, Lord, help me. (laughs) But three days later, Jonah says, Lord, please forgive me. Boys and girls, will God forgive us? Yeah. Listen, some boys and girls, even some moms and dads and adults, think that, oh, yeah, I became a Christian, but then I I kept sinning, and I made more mistakes. I mustn't be saved anymore. I got to get saved again. The Bible says that's not the truth. Once we're saved, God never leaves us. He never forgets about us. But we do every day need to go and tell on ourselves to God and say, God, please forgive me for how I acted today. I just messed up. Please forgive me. Jonah asked God to forgive him. Will God forgive him? Will God forgive you when you make a mistake? Will God forgive you when you do wrong? The Bible says that he will that he is faithful and just, and he'll forgive us of all the mistakes and sins that we do. The Bible says that God told the fish to go over to dry land and spit Jonah up. And then the fish took off. And then Jonah got on dry land, and what was the first thing that he did? No, he used the bathroom, because there was no bathroom and fish back in those days, and three days was a long time, right? No, after that... He went to Nineveh, where he should have gone in the first place. Boys and girls, we need to listen to God and do what he says the first time so we don't get our lives in a mess. But how do we know what God wants us to do? I mean, when you wake up in the morning, you wake up and all of a sudden your phone rings and you pick it up and it's like, good morning, and they're like, yeah, it's me, it's the Lord. Okay, got a pen and a paper because this is what I want you to do and how I want you to live today. And you're like, oh, that's awesome, and you're writing it down. Does that happen? Anyone here, does that happen to you every day? Wouldn't that be awesome if that happened? But it doesn't. You wake up and you turn on your computer and all of a sudden like, ding, you've got mail. And you look and it's like, dude, there's an email from God telling me what to do and how to live today. That's awesome. Does that happen to any of you? No, it would be so cool if that's how it worked, but it doesn't work that way. Wouldn't it be great if you woke up in the morning and there on the side of your bed stand, God left a note telling you how to live and what to do that day. Wouldn't that be awesome? Does that happen to you? Ah, yeah. You know what? It happens to me every day because I always have my Bible on my nightstand. And that's the note that God has left for me and you. We know how we're supposed to live. We know what we're supposed to do because God has left you a note. It's called 
the Bible. And you and I as Christians are supposed to be reading it every day because in it he tells us how to live and what to do, boys and girls. Because God has a special plan for your life and my life. We, don't, we shouldn't say no to God. We should say, yes, God, thank you so very much for picking me, for saving me, and having a special plan for my life. Boys and girls, as I finish up, God, as a Christian, God is always on my... Okay, let's do it again. Let's, let's work on it. Let's do it together. God is always on my... Yeah, and God right inside. Yeah. Boys and girls, God says, I will never leave you. I will never forget about you. If you pray to accept Christ as Savior, He will never ever leave you. You are saved forever. Jesus said, No one will ever take you out of His hand. When you make a mistake, and we always do, just like Jonah made mistakes, we get our lives in a mess. We say, God, please forgive me. And he does. But the best thing, boys and girls, is if we don't say no to God, but we do what God wants us to do. We live how God wants us to live. And we learn that when we go to church, go to Sunday school, but when we read his word, the Bible. My prayer for you is that God will use you in amazing ways here in the Maritimes in Maine and wherever you are from, because God has a special plan for your life. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and we're going to close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you so very much for these boys and girls, for these students here, the parents, the leaders. And Lord, I do pray that you do whatever it takes in all of our lives to help us to be the people you want us to be. Lord, that we wouldn't be saying no to you by our actions, but that we would be obedient to you. And Lord, we know that you have an amazing plan for our lives, and we look forward to seeing what you're going to do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so very much, boys and girls. You were the the best group of boys and girls I spoke to all weekend. Let's give a big hand to Mr. Fogarty. That's good.